It's recording. Yeah. What's that face? <laughs> That's a good podcast face. You'll hear this story and you'll also be gaining knowledge when you listen to it on how to do these things. I realized that like my concern was really just what people were going to think of my decision and oh my god she's crazy what is she doing she's not you know she's supposed to be pursuing a career this is when she's supposed to be finding a job and I that doesn't appeal to me that never appealed to me. Play a major role in spreading the love and the joy and uh, reducing our imprint you know for for future generations and for all that we share this planet with. I was just embarrassed. I felt like I couldn't do it, like I'd already failed. I had no idea what I was doing. What did I get myself into? What was I thinking? Our history of humanity really revolves around great people. And that's, that's all we know about. And why is that? It's because the insignificant people weren't important enough that somebody would take the time to document their life. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for doing an interview with me. I We tried to do this earlier, and the connection wasn't the best, so fingers crossed we can do it now. Can you just introduce yourself to everyone and tell us what you do? Uh, I'm Dash. I'm the founder of Podesha Foundation. Um, I'm an animal liberation activist and a humanitarian. Before we get into it, where are you at right now and how's everything going with the virus? Uh, right now, um, Kampala, Uganda, that's East Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not actually. I'm not from initially. Our interview was home, and the network wasn't good. So I had to move to a place where there's network, and it's where I'm going to sleep. It's a, a friend's office, so I'm going to spend the night because we have a few that starts from seven p.m. to six thirty in the morning. Um, about the cases, I think we have 50, 52 cases. So far, no deaths. Yeah, um, people are being forced to abide by the by the curfew, whereby some local defense units are being really beating up people seriously, so that they can, you know. Yeah. Many lives are in danger currently due to. Uh, so basically, yeah, that's it. That's the current situation. We have no deaths. Fifty-two cases. And they are all within the quarantine zone. Yeah, and actually, all people, all those who are affected, only three are locals. The rest, they came from Dubai, then US. Mostly are from Dubai. Mm. Those people were affected, but then they are nationals from Dubai. Actually, they are nationals, but then they work from Dubai. Yeah. Oh, wow. Basically, that's the total. Whoa, so you're in the office right now and you're going to sleep there? Yeah, uh, I have to sleep. Otherwise, the moment I move out, I'm going to be turned up seriously. Yeah, are you going to sleep in the chair or okay, are you going to sleep on the floor? Just right here. Where, um, because remember, I still have lots of work to do. 
Woo! Well, you're doing lots of work, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, before we get into it, you're super dedicated, number one, um, and that's what makes you such a cool human, among other things. But I asked you a random question earlier, and I'm going to ask you the same thing because I really liked your response. Um, but as you can tell, our okay. internet connection isn't the best, and it wasn't earlier, but I still think we should go for it. So I'm going to ask you the same question, and if you change your answer, that's fine. But what is your most favorite food or dish in the whole wide world? And I already know the answer, so this is just for everyone else. Really favorite? Like I say, I can go with rice and beans because it's the most thing I eat most. Yeah, easily, easily accessible. Yeah. So that's why I go for rice and beans, including raw cucumber, onions, and tomatoes. But then, really, not nothing favorite. I don't like favorites. I don't like choosing sides. So I always like to be on a neutral side, unless when it comes to fighting. <laughs> when it comes to fighting for for animal rights, human rights, I'll choose sides, obviously. But the rest, not really. So no favorite sides. color, no favorite song, no favorite. <laughs> Movie. Movie. No, right. No favorite. Maybe color. I'll, I'll choose. I like I like blue. Okay. Sky blue. But then no favorite song. No favorite. It's no favorite. No favorite. And the only thing I like is color blue. That's the only thing I can choose sides. <laughs> there is no. Really, I don't think anything else. No. <laughs> Oh, good. I uh, That's interesting. I'm glad we started with that. Is your shirt blue right now or is it white? It's blue, actually. You're wearing it's a blue, blue shirt like and blue. a blue hat. Yeah, just like blue. Oh. You know, what's up? Nature. Yeah. That's a Sky. good color. Yeah. I like, you know, the water, the sky, so on and so forth. Other than that, no favorites. No favorites. I hate choosing sides. You hate choosing sides, but you do all this amazing work where you definitely take a stance on issues, which is interesting. When I met you and came to Uganda, we had other plans that we were supposed to do when we were traveling, and they kind of got canceled. And so we got to spend more time with you and follow you around and see what you do. And follow you around with cameras, like the paparazzi, taking your photo. Um, so that you could use those photos and then eventually we can try to support you too and use that media. And I'm so glad that we got to spend so much time with you. So I got to learn all about what you do, but I think everyone else needs to know too. So just to start off, you already told us about your foundation and where the name came from. But can you tell us about what you actually do? Like, what are the main things that you focus on? First and foremost, actually, before I start, I like, once again, I'd like to thank you guys. You, Lisa McDonald, Daniel Tabat, for all the good work you did when you came up, all the support you gave. I'm so glad. 
because a lot has happened because of you. Um, to begin with, uh, Podoshka Foundation is a vegan-based foundation that deals with both humans and non-humans. Um, talking about humans, specifically we measure with children and women. Uh, and under the children, we have what we call, so we basically have three programs. We have the child program, the lady program, and the human's program. With a child program, it basically focuses on the children, the very vulnerable children who can't access food, can't access education, can't access shelter. And with this, we have the Child Education Sponsorship Program. Under the Child Program, we have the Education Sponsorship that is with their welfare and health. So we try to sponsor children on that, those three kind of levels, education, welfare, and health. Um, then we have what we have campaigns under the Child Program. We have the anti-bullying campaign, the anti-drug use campaign, the depression, life skills and teaching conflict resolution office building now those five bullying drug use depression life skills and conflict resolution majorly they run into schools and these are basically focused to make our schools more safer we look at bullying this is something no one is looking at like many children are failing to to stay in schools because they're being really Look at drug use, look at depression. So you find that the, these major things are interlinked depression, drug use, bullying. You find that a child will be bullied, then the child will be depressed or resent to using drugs. So those are the three that are interlinked. You look at life skills, you, teach, you try to teach these kids life skills, like communication, confidence, confidence, the vocational skills, that kind of skills they can really use into their day to day lives. Uh, the same as conflict resolution, we are in a world whereby war is becoming something. You know, you look at the refugee status, the fact that we also work with refugees, we tend to teach these kids all about conflict and peace building. So that's about the child project. Um, yeah. Another project is the, sorry, the child program. Another program is the lady program that specifically looks at economically empowering women. Uh, this is majorly for self-sustaining at all levels. We look at the individual level, we look at the family level, we look at the community level. And when women culturally, they're perceived as powerless, they're perceived as the weak side. Uh, they aren't given their rights, you know? And most of we, I found out I basically in the community that is because they are not really empowered, poverty, most so they are really, Poverty suppresses them a lot that everyone sees you as a nuisance. So we realize, I realized that we need to empower them economically so they can be able to sustain themselves, be dependent. And the moment they are dependent, they can be able to sustain themselves. They can you just have to do it with a few. A few can change the menu, and then the menu will change the whole world. So yeah, that's the very project. Uh, basically, what we put them with is the hand materials whereby they can be able to make a lot of materials. And these materials range from clothes, shoes, necklaces, you know, kind of materialistic stuff. Mm -hmm. So, and then we come to the non humans program. 
that basically the vegans majorly. However much all our programs, the child program, the lady program, and then humans, they all they all move along with vegans. But then there are these other complete standalone vegan vegan programs or projects. We look at the the street activism. First, I will begin with the AV, the AV cubes, anonymous, the one, the one we do. Uh, we look at the protests, the daily protests. We do daily protests. Uh, we we look, we do vegan school campaign whereby we move to various schools, both primary and secondary, talking about vegans, veganism, and so on and so forth. Uh, debates, we hold debates and public dialogues. However much, we haven't yet had a debate or a public dialogue. We were supposed to have a public dialogue in May, mm-hmm. no, in April, but then it couldn't be through because of the COVID. Then also a debate in May. Yeah. Um, so basically, those are the things under uh, street protests, then every cubes, school campaign, then, oh, we have the vegan feeding program. Yeah. Uh, this vegan feeding program, for it, we try to sensitize people on how to have a vegan diet. You know, uh, the fact that we are dealing with vulnerable people, they can hardly have a meal a day. So we go on and provide a meal, probably, if they can be able, we look at two meals at least per day. And these meals, they have to be vegan. And when we are issuing out these meals, we have to talk about veganism and why we are giving them meals of food that has no blood in it, that has no you know, animals in it. And people always ask, because sometimes one asks, how come you guys don't give us chickens? How come you don't give us, you know? So we have to sit down and sensitize people about veganism through this program, and it can easily catch. So you look at uh, all our programs with veganism, they all have a certain age group they, they focus on. You look at the, the heavy cubes for anonymous, for them, you know, that's people on the streets. You look at uh, the school campaign. You look at the vegan school campaign, whereby it's only for kids who are going to school, the teenagers, even the kids, because primary is from six years to 13, then second is from 13 to 17 or 18 years. So that's the specific age group we target. So we wish through that age group through our school campaign. So we look at the vegan advocacy. Sorry, the Therefore, especially our community, it has many old people who can sustain themselves. So, on how we wish them and how we wish veganism towards them is through the vegan feeding program. Then the youths, more of the youths, we, we wish them through debates and public dialogues. I'm not sure we have them yet, but it's what we are aiming for. That's how we are targeting to reach the youths. So, you, you see that every age group, we have something for them so that we can easily, you know, we look at the weakness and the strength. And that's how we try to reach on to them. Yeah, basically, that's what we do. And maybe another thing, like we had spoke about, was about having an animal sanctuary that was supposed to open up in the sixth month of this year. But then, you know, many things have come up due to funds and so forth. That is 
That's a lot of stuff that you do under one name. Oh my goodness, that's so many things. And what makes you want to start an animal sanctuary? And am I correct in saying that you would be the first animal sanctuary well, in Uganda? Yeah, sure. We shall be the very first ones. We well, shall be. What do you say to people, or why do you think it's important in the feeding programs to have plant-based foods? First, it's because of the value for the lives of, for the lives of animals. Um, that's always the very first thing, why it's very necessary for them. They have to value the lives. We, we all have to value the lives. And the fact that the moment we fail to value the life of other beings, the very first reason why we are going to always keep falling apart and apart and apart. So it's very crucial for me. And then for me to talk about the, the other beings' lives, the animals, that's always my first point to put out there. Then, of course, the second thing is their health. I look at here. This is always an example. This is always a question I ask the kids during the vegan session of the school campaign. I always ask them, how many of you have parents or grandparents whose doctors have asked them to stop eating meat and and taking dairy? And you find out that very many of them are raising their hands. And why is this? It's because the doctors are telling our parents, our grannies, to stop taking this because they are having the cardiovascular diseases, the high blood pressure, the diabetes. And already it's at a later stage, there's nothing they can do about them, you know? So mm -hmm. the that's always my number to their own health. So basically those are the major thing. Maybe also as well as environments. Yeah. So due to the fact that there's over 32,000 million tons of carbon dioxide released annually because of agriculture, more agriculture so yeah that's why we go for the vegan feeding program and also another thing for this food eat you know people are, people are very very badly off especially in this current period people already having people whereby they are dying we have no case of death due to covid but we have deaths of hunger due to the quarantine so in such a time this is where the program comes in to try and support this kind of people, you know, both for the lives, for the animals, and for their own health. So basically, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so right now with the virus, I guess, like you said then, are dying of hunger, not necessarily the virus. And is that because they can't go out and work now, so they don't have an income to buy food with? Uh, just last week, it was really raining, and I had a kid outside my home. I didn't know the kid, and I'm very sure the kid didn't know me. I think it was just a coincidence. So this kid was out out there, and it was raining so heavily, and this kid was like, I have nowhere to sleep. The kid was probably six years. Mm. He, was, he had nowhere to sleep, and so I had asked the kid, where, where is your mom? The kid replied that mom has gone to the village. Way to the and the mother had left the kid behind, you know. And there's no way I was I'm allowed to take in that kid because of the setup. We don't know where the kid was, maybe was sick or something. So I had to accompany the kid to the police station so that we make a statement in case something comes up. Because in case someone finds me there, they can say you tried to kidnap them or something like that. So yeah, you know, yeah go to the police and make a statement. So, 
So all in all, the thing is people are not working and the fact they are not working, they are not earning, and when they are not earning, they have nothing to eat, they have no income by the materials. However much the markets are open, but then there are no people going to the markets to buy that necessary food for them. Sustain their lives apparently. Whoa. Yeah, that's a big deal then. I guess that your or not I guess, I know that your food program is really important. Um, how do you get the funds to be able to distribute food to people? Do you get that all through donations? Um, when, at, the, at first when all this began, we began this program with Lisa McDonald. Yeah, I, it was during the festive season, that was December. Uh, so I brought up the idea and we shared it and she bought the idea. So she funded that whole phase of the vegan food program. Mm. Uh, that was for December, late December and January. Yeah, and then February up to date, no one so far has been funding. We're trying just to to, work, to come up with something. And actually, apparently, I have a team. There is a, a professor, Vindy Thomas, and with a partner, the mother. We are trying to come up with something to feed the people. Uh, a a GoFund pay, whereby we're going to try to raise funds for the program this month, whereby it's going to run... It's going to run between this month and then next month, just for two months, whereby people can be able at least to donate funds and you can be able to feed these people at least two meals a day. Yeah, uh, we are, we are, it's work in progress. We are working on it. And I think by the end of this week, it will be up. Okay. So yeah, basically, I have a few people who are trying, but... Recently, I've been trying to do it on my own on a small scale, but now that the numbers are big, we have to, you know, have I need external support from the rest of the world, which apparently we are trying to work on. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, when you get the GoFundMe yeah. up, we could I can share the link in the bio of the podcast. So if people are listening and they want to donate, they can, or if they want to share your link so that other people can donate. Um, that they could share it to because I feel like that's really important and you're doing so many different programs I know yeah. that you I feel like you even do more than what we're going to be able to talk about um, because when I was there we talked about how you were doing like sex education um, you were having people do sports like I got to do volleyball we played volleyball for a while, and all the kids were playing sports. Like, your eyes just lit up like, oh, I forgot. There's way more under this huge umbrella of your foundation that, yeah, I feel like it would take all day to talk about. Um, so if people do decide to donate, is it first going to go to food, and then second, it would go to other programs that you have? Um, yeah, basically... Uh, apparently, I'm looking at funding a feeding program right now. Of course, it's kind of an emergency. Mm-hmm. And later on, maybe in case yeah, we shall. Because if you look at the various the, the various projects running 
like all all projects need external support you know yeah but apparently this is an emergency this this profile is only specifically for the vegan feeding program for people to get out of this situation yeah basically that's it uh when this is done that's when maybe you can come up with other programs that both can support although people are interested in supporting who can come out and support anything they feel like they want to you know yes that makes sense because that's a big emergency right now um how long ago did you start working all on all of this and why did you just start to create a foundation because you're only, aren't you 25 years old, I think? Yeah, I made, I made 26 in January. Okay. Not that young people can't do cool um, things, but you've uh, just done so much. Um, I've been doing this for, since 20, 2014. Yeah. Yeah, no, sorry, yeah, 20, 2013, sorry. But then, by then, uh, by, by then, I was with my colleagues and we were running a different foundation. So, time came and we, have, we had different ideologies. So, we decided that I decided I should choose my own path. That was in 2018. Yeah, so 2018, I started this, I started my own foundation but by then i wasn't a vegan not a vegetarian not until late yeah until late 2018 when i was a vegetarian then i became a vegan in 2019 mm -hmm. yeah so why i decided to do this is all along i wanted to help people you know mm -hmm. I just had a passion because ever since I was, I was born, my, my dad has been a humanitarian. He was working with international Committee of the Red Cross. Then from there, uh, he went to serve the children in Uganda. So all this time, I think that's where I, I had the zeal to start coming up with this because I used to go with him at work. I used to see how people do their things. So I decided I should do the same thing with him. That was when when I was a kid. So on growing up, so all along I wanted, they would ask me what do you want to do. As always, all along I said it was psychology and this psychology. I want to study people's brains and help people. You know? <laughs> uh, so yeah. So when when I reached so reaching campus at the university, I did I wanted to do psychology. But then a, a friend told me I should do social sciences. So yeah, I did social sciences, but then I majored in psychology still, and I minored in social administration. So that's how I ended up in all this thing. So yeah, that's why I do this. I just want to help. I really want to help. I feel like things are not really good enough and everyone needs to put in a hand that's more the humanitarian side then talk about the, the non-human side really really have big I don't, know. I don't know actually if he's talking about starting i think i've been having started yet about the human side the non-human side because 
there's too much work to do. People have no idea about veganism. People don't know that animals have rights. People have never thought about this, you know? Yeah. So I feel like, oh my, it's too much, you know? Yeah, I think that you're... There's really, really a lot to do. You're the first person that I saw doing animal rights activism in Uganda. There's that picture of you doing a cube that I think is kind of internet famous. And I always used to think it was really cool because I think it's just you and maybe one other person um, doing the cube. And I always saw it on the internet and I was like, wow, these people are getting after it. And then I got to meet you in person and I'm like, oh, that's you. <laughs> that's you in the picture. How do people usually respond to your activism? Is it like it's the first time they heard the information? Do they get upset? Do they want to know more? Is it a combination of all of those things? Because you're really the only one that at least I've seen doing animal rights activism there. Um, yeah, it's a combination of all. It's a combination of all. Uh, like, you know, I mean, like, the rest of the world, I would say that there are these people really you talk to and they really understand. Mm -hmm. But then they, they're just arrogant. So it used just and they stick to the fact that yes, I know I'm causing harm, but then I have to eat animals, you know. Then there are these who are really responding and they want to change. Then there are these who want to give it time, who want to take the you know. Mm -hmm. uh, now, like like my previous last recent in my campaign, I went with someone, one of the people uh, to the refugees one of the refugee camps and we were doing the activism from there. I had never spoken to this guy about veganism. So I, I asked him to escort me so that he could help me with taking pigs and so on and so forth. But as I was talking to the crowd, to the people, just after one session, he decided to be vegan. You know? Whoa. People, I think, people are just um, quite different. Those, yeah, those who respond the first time, like those who want to take their time, yeah. you know. Then there are those who are really, really rough and tough on you, like they want to be the lot of you, whereby at times even you have to pay for security when you're going to hold an activity. Like about the heavy cubes, there's one time we had to pay for the defense. There's that cube we had in front of the butcher. Mm -hmm. We had to pay for a defense, for defense, yeah, for security to come around. Otherwise, it was going to do something bad. So it's kind of risky at times, but then if you don't take the risks, then it's not worth it, you know? They say that uh, you can't stand for, if you can't fight, if you can't stand for what you fight, sorry, if you can't fight for what you stand for, then you don't stand for it, okay? There's no need for you. So you have to fight for what you stand for, and if you don't, if you can't stand up and fight for it, and that means it's not worth it to stand for. So basically, yeah, that's it. Wow. Yeah, and you're like really taking a stand for the things that that you believe in and that you want to do and the change that you want to see in your community. So outside of the animal rights activism, what is your daily life like because you have all these programs so when you wake up in the morning and it's not the pandemic and you're allowed to go places 
what is your day like? Who are you seeing? Who are you talking to? And what are you doing? Um, actually, my normal day. I'm more of an introvert. So. <laughs> I really have no friends. More of an introvert. Outside, outside, out. When it comes to my work, I have to put that aside. But I really have no friends. I think when I wake up one morning, of course, I have to do something. Some little online activism. I have to design something for activism. So before I move, I have to do that. Um, I take a leg. I take branch, work, then take back home. That's all. I usually go out and hang out with a few people. When for football match, to watch a football match, because I can't watch it from home, I find a few people I know. And then you watch a football match because it's always fun. Uh, I just like watching people to have their fun while <laughs> I'm just sitting. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not much of a noise, you know? Yeah. Kind of type. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a point type. So that's kind of my idea. I have not really much. It's most because it's, it's work. Maybe at times in the evenings, I either go for sports, for volleyball. That's from 5 p.m. to 7. I either do volleyball or I go to the gym. Yeah, but recently I've been doing more gymming than volleyball. So, yeah, that's all I, my, my plan. <laughs> daily routine. That's your daily uh, routine. There's never nothing interesting about that. Yeah, yeah, but when we were there with you, you were doing a lot more stuff. Also because, you know, we had to follow you around and take pictures. But, you know, you had to hang out with the kids and you were going to different people's home to deliver food. And you had all this stuff going on in different meetings. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's interesting that now you have to do that stuff from home. And it's also interesting because you do so much and then you're like, ah, yeah, it's not a big deal. It's pretty boring. Uh, maybe now, uh, apart from when you say the, the daily, maybe the daily work is maybe kind of in a month. Uh, for basically, the, the routine is always based on a month. That uh, on a day, every week, maybe let's say every week, we have to visit one school. And then we have to do home visits. Uh, and this one visits are weekly. Then with this one visit, we have to do this training for the kids in their drama so that they can be active to improve on their child participation rights. We have to we do women empowerment, visiting our women. And so, yeah, basically that's the routine. Weekly, we have schools, home visits, and, and activism and women empowerment. Then monthly, we have cubes. Totally, uh, we have a debate and a conference. Yeah, that's the, the general. So you find that in a, in a month, we, we visit four schools, one cube, we follow up on the vulnerable children very many times around the basic, basic the emergence because we have a case of 150 vulnerable kids and then 50 women. So you find that it's more of the time that takes the follow-ups, it takes out of time, whereby the volunteers have to visit at least five families each per week. Wow. Or even more, based on the numbers. Uh, so, 
it's really a lot of work, honestly, when you come to to break it down and the number of things we do. Because with the follow-ups, that's where the vegan feeding pro- program comes in. That's where uh, monitoring the children's welfare, their health, their education. You need to visit their schools to follow up on their performances in their home lives. So it's basically the follow-ups that happens on a daily basis and online activism. Then the rest is weekly and monthly. Wow. Yeah, you have a lot of pillars under under what you're doing. So that is a lot to follow up with. Do you feel like you're able to manage it all or does it seem a little overwhelming sometimes? Yeah, to be honest, sometimes it's too much work. And then you have people saying maybe you should do this, but then you feel like when you when you when you say to choose or to pick sides to do something then someone else is going to be hurt more on the other side. Someone's going to lose maybe a life, you know? Mm-hmm. So, because someone can be like, why don't you only major in street activism? But then if it's street activism, then you're like, how are kids going to know that there's veganism and animals rights need to be, you know? Mm-hmm. You find that you have to do a lot of that then Things need to be done and they have to be done and they end up being done. So, I think it's okay. And it's worthy. After all, yeah. Really How do you? What impact do you see your foundation having on the community? What changes do you see for worse or for better through what you do? Um, outside the vegans, outside the vegan world, yeah, we have a few success stories of the women. We are put under the, under the program. It's you know we are still starting with everything, with all the programs. But so far we have we just had few success stories. Um, we have people whose life has improved. We have tried on um, on the vegan side. Yes, there is progress. We have people who have, we look at street activism. There are people who have become. Are considering veganism, look at the vegan feeding program. There are people who are into it and they are really, you know, managing, trying to go into the vegan world. To look at the school campaign, that one has lots. I think it's more, it's the one that's really picking up first on having lots of vegans in the school campaign. And then the vegan feeding program comes second. Yeah. The FV, the FV, it's really also good. It's also good, but people fear the masks. But then, it's good. It's good. Because of the fact that it brings attention to the people, and then people want to know what it's all about. Yeah, we also have success towards it also. And that's why we have to do it more than once a month. Yeah, so basically. That's it. It has positive side, and then the negative side of it is that already, you know, people start coming up, like you're trying to put their businesses down, especially the dairy farmers around the place, then the local butchers. Yeah, those are the only negative sides I'm seeing. And then the rest of everything, it's work in progress, and it's good. Yeah. What are your, do you have any other big 
future goals besides having the animal sanctuary? Because I know that's a big goal for you. Is there anything else or is it mainly just to get your programs up and running and having a lot more support? Yeah, support, of course, comes number one. When we want, we want this to go really continue-wise, we want, because with future, we want to start going to other countries. Because apparently we are doing tours. I've also done one tour that was to the refugee camp. So we are trying to do various tours uh, to the north, to the east. You know, so, so far we have done one in the West Nile. We are trying to do various tours along the whole country. So from there, we want to we want to start with neighboring countries, Kenya, Tanzania, Sudan, Congo. You know, we want to make it really something worthy because we trying. I'm trying to look for various vegans, vegans, active vegan activists in the neighboring countries. But so far, I have zero progress. So with this, we're trying to make it. You know, something really worth in Africa. Because you find that it's, it's really very good for the Western culture where the people are really responding on a very high rate. But it's really dif- difficult here because you find that, I, okay, at, at one point you have to understand that there are people really whose lives depend, depending on the animals. Like we had the very first school campaign, the school campaign we had, a kid came to me and was like, I can't be a vegan, and I was like, why? Because my parents get their money from rearing animals. So, and that's how we that's how we survive. If we don't rear these chickens, we can't. We, I won't go to school, or maybe they will stop taking me to school, and they will take my other siblings. So I can't. And that's where we we came up. I decided to came up to come up with a sponsorship program whereby in case someone comes up and picks up this child, that child can continue with her education and sometimes she's a vegan and still also the vegan feeding programs also comes in and helps and also this economic empowerment project for the women whereby we try to switch some people's businesses where I think it's possible, we switch up it's from animal rearing to to tailoring to make these materials. Which materials we later sell them, we sell off, and the income is given to them. And then the other part of the income is put into the foundation to run that same particular project at the same time. So, yeah, we have you know the different people have different issues. We find there are those people really animals to send kids to school and the best of their life is depending on the animals. So we have to sit down and find out what can we do for this family, what's there for them, what what knowledge can we use that these people stop really animals and they maybe we find out another business for them to suit. Like it's all about having various economic ideas ventures to put into the community for them to earn money rather than depending their lives which also the 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 lives are depending on matter so yeah yeah i feel like you can run into so many different situations and everyone uh is gonna approach them differently so 
That's why I think it's so cool you have so many different programs and so many different options for people. Uh, it's just not a one-size-fits-all. You have all these different ideas and ways that you're helping to improve your community and making it a more loving place, which is really exciting. Uh, are there any stories that you want to share with us before we wrap it up? Is there any specific specific stories that you can think of that you want to share? And also, I would love to give people a way to support you. So where are the best places to follow you? And where's the best place for people to donate if they want to? Um, on follow, following, um, personally, I have one account. Uh, that's, that's on Facebook, that's Meisler. Then on inst, I think it's only then on Instagram. Uh, under the foundation, that's Bradushka Foundation. Same as Facebook. Um, then on the website, I recently the website is down and we're trying to put it up. The time it will be, it's Bradushka with Oak. for support, we are. We are also running on that, on how people can do their donations. That's something we are working on. But first, we are going to first see how this goes with a vegan feeding program. We are close if you look at, yeah, we have a vegan food program after all it goes to. That's how we are going to see various, various things. And other ways on how people can help, uh, volunteering, any form of volunteering it can be like coming over here to volunteer. It can be like people who can do resourcing, like funds, those who can access grants, who can write big proposals, access so that you can be able to access that different grants, mm. graphic designers. For everything. Then you look at people who can do fundraising. You know, we need various fundraisers. We have a lot, a lot of projects. Then also entrepreneurs, you know, people can really come up with various entrepreneurial ventures we can create for these people to move them from, from the unmoral business where they depend their lives on to, to something new. Because one thing I realize with these people, you, you must have a choice, you must give them a choice, you know, you can't get, you know, at times we have to really get to a real understanding with these people. Sometimes you can tell them, no, this is hard, but then honestly, someone stops doing that, it's going to die of poverty, it's going to die of hunger, because I've seen people die of hunger. So literally, we, we have to face the world as it is and give them a choice. You have to leave them with a choice, like I'm taking away your animals, but I'm leaving you with this. So. People, so that's why we need volunteers who are good in who are good entrepreneurs. You know, they have different entrepreneurial ideas, project developers. You know, they have various projects we can work on for these people. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm really excited about all your programs, and I think people will hopefully be excited about hearing them but I feel like when you see them in person you're just really blown away too um 
So I hope that, yeah, we're able to share some of the images we captured to get other people excited as well and that fundraisers take off and that Daniel and Lisa, I'm sure, will be doing more and hopefully that will be helpful. But yeah, it's just amazing what you are doing to empower people there. So I hope that other people take it upon themselves to support you while you do that um and i will share all those links under the podcast so that people can check you out and they can support you and maybe they have some ideas to send your way and hopefully it's all good things that come out of that um is there anything else that you wanted to cover before we wrap up this podcast episode well, I'm really grateful for everyone who's really who really tries because you find this one sending you this link, trying to support you, this one sending you this information. Yeah, I'm grateful for each and everyone. Thank you for the moral support. It's really something worth it. And it's really good knowing that outside there there are really people who are willing to support and who are really supporting. So thank you, each and everyone out there. Yeah. I'm glad that I'm glad that uh, people are doing that because it is something make the world a better place by leaving things better than I found it you know whether it be people or the planet or you know all kinds of things isn't there a quote that says feel fear and do it anyways yeah 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 so I think for us in significance we have to do it ourselves people are doing things in their life they're not completely happy with Mm -hmm. and they're doing it just because you know it's a norm and they feel like they feel pressured by society or they're just you know stuck in this rut Mm -hmm. and you know ruts can be comfortable for people and they can be very comfortable comfort is not how you how you grow as a person